Welcome to Talking With Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined as always by Chris Bugay. Hey, Chris. Wait a second here. Say that intro again, please. Welcome to Talking With Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined as always by Chris Bugay. Wait a second. Is this really Rachel Madel? Because you sound different. What is it? There's something different about how you sound. Tell me more. Chris, I got a brand new microphone. (laughs) You did? Yeah. Okay. Tell us about it. Well, I had mentioned on the podcast uh, about a year ago, I realized I was living in toxic mold and everything was moldy, including my microphone. (laughs) I used to have a a fancy microphone that I would use every week when we recorded our podcast and I actually got rid of it because I got rid of most of my belongings. Um, So getting a new microphone has been on my to-do list and just like sitting in my Amazon cart waiting to be purchased. And then I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time to get my new microphone. So here we are. I got a new microphone. I used the uh, money that we get from Patreon. Um, This month, I used that to go towards this microphone, and I'm super excited. Yeah, we always talk about using that Patreon money to uh, pay Michaela and Luke, our awesome producer and audio engineer, uh, and, and then also take the money that we get from Patreon and turn it back into something we can do to improve the show. So your audio quality and your microphone is certainly right up there with something we could do to improve the quality of the show. Feels like an important thing when you have a podcast to have a good microphone, good audio quality. And Michaela is like, thank God. I know she's listening right now being like, thank God she's got a microphone again. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds great. You sound great. All right, so I have something that I want to talk about, Rachel, if that's okay. Let's go. So this might be a little bit weird and I haven't really been sure how to share it, but I also feel like it's something that has maybe happened to you, has maybe happened to our listeners, and they, everyone listening might have a feeling like, Nah, yeah, Chris, we're with you. Or, again, I'm putting myself out here. They could be like, no, Chris, you're just awkward or weird. Okay, so here's the story. Um, My daughter, Margaret, was in our local school play, her local school play. Uh, It was Aladdin. And in the uh, Aladdin Jr. version of that show, uh, if you're familiar with the Disney movie, uh, Aladdin has a monkey, right? Well, in the Disney in the Aladdin Jr. version of the show for students, there is no monkey. They have three friends. And so my daughter, or Aladdin, has three friends, and she was one of those friends. All right, whatever. I go to see the show, and as I'm walking into the auditorium, there is a father, a mother, and a student, middle school age. Um, they are already in the auditorium, and the student is in a wheelchair, and on the tray of the wheelchair, there is one of our iPads. Do you know an iPad that I help uh, in my job? I help, you know, make happen. And there it was sitting there. It wasn't turned on. She wasn't using it. It was just there on her tray. And I had this, I had to, this, this feeling like, do I, do I, do I go say something? Like, what do I say? Do I go up and kneel down next to her and be like, hey, do you use that thing? Like, like I had this compulsion to like want to run up and start a conversation with them. But I also then like held back like, well, that's weird. We're at a play. It's not like we're at a meeting or we're meeting because we're talking about AAC. It's just a social event. And, and uh, you know, there's probably people listening, but like, Chris, you probably just go up and say hi. That's what you do. You go up and say hi. But I also got in my own head about it. Like, well, I, the 
I didn't want to go up and say, hi, hey, tell me about your AAC. You know what I mean? But I sort of did want to do that. I don't know. Have you ever had that experience where you see someone? And I didn't know this family. Like, I didn't know who they were. Um, I didn't know them as a, as people that I work with. I just recognized that this was an AAC user. And I wanted to go up and say, mom, you brought the AAC tool to the event, you know? Yes. I wanted to, like, give her a fi- high five. And you don't know how important that is. Or maybe you do. That's why you did it but it's important for me to see that you did it you know i wanted to cheer and, and shout from the rooftops and go up and just have this conversation with them and then i sort of just didn't like i was like ah, i better find my seat and i don't know it'll be kind of weird and there's an I, i'll just be again I, i'll put this out there there's a weird element to it maybe because i'm a guy like i don't want to go up to somebody i don't know that could be really sexist of me to say but I, I i i don't know i feel that way right now like i don't know it's kind of weird this this Let's, let's call me slightly older than middle age guy coming up to say, our... how are you going to describe yourself right now I, I saw you struggling over there um I don't know so like of course just go do it but then also no nah, I didn't I didn't go do it you know so I I hope there's people in the uh, listing right now going yeah Chris I've done that too or I want to go see something but I don't and then I sometimes maybe I have and then it was awkward and weird and I wish I hadn't like there's probably all sorts of experiences around there and then there's probably other stories where people have and now they that the 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 parents are like that was so great that you did that because we that's exactly the shot in the arm we needed I don't know so I again I ask have you ever been in that sort of situation where you've seen an AEC user out there that you have not you don't know and do you approach them? Do you not? Do you approach the family? Do you not? What's your experience? What's it been like? A hundred percent have been in that exact situation. <laughs> I mean, not at a play at my daughter's school because um, I don't have a daughter. <laughs> but I have been in the situation where I've noticed AAC and felt so compelled to go say something, um, both to the AAC user and also to the family. Um, I've also been in the situation where I've noticed uh, a child who I feel like could benefit from AAC, which I feel like is even a harder situation to be in uh, because I'm like, oh my gosh, do they know about AAC? Like, I feel like this would be amazing for this, you know, child. Um, One time I was at the airport and I noticed a child who had very minimal, you know, verbal speech and likely had a diagnosis of autism and, you know, was having a hard time at the airport and not able to communicate about it. And I was thinking like, I have so many things to share potentially, but also I don't want to like step on toes or like, you know, provide advice that's not even being asked for from me. And so I definitely have been in that situation. And, um, yeah, I actually, I also had a situation where I was at the beach and I was just laying on the beach um, in LA and there was a f- family next to me with, um, I'd say the, the the girl was probably like 13 um, and, you know, they, I, they, I, they had an iPad at the beach, which I feel like means it was probably AAC because this, you know, girl had very limited verbal communication and she was really upset and they like didn't know what was going on, but like no one was picking up the what I assumed to be AAC because who else brings an iPad to the beach? Um, and anyway, it was like, do I do something? And like also for me, like you said, it's like kind of awkward for you being like, you know, male. For me, I'm like in private practice. I don't ever want to come off as like, and actually I own a private practice here and I could totally help you with that. You know, like it's just like. I don't know. I maybe we're in our heads about it, but I have a feeling people listening who are like, yeah, totally been there. 
Yeah, it's funny you use those words in your own head about it, because I was sitting there in my seat. I was like, okay, okay, let's think about this, Chris. Like, if there was another person that was sitting here and they were playing, like, Minecraft together, or just Minecraft by themselves, this family sitting there, they got their computers up or their their devices up and they're playing Minecraft, would I go over and say, oh my gosh, I see you're playing Minecraft. No, I probably wouldn't. I would probably just sit there. Or if someone was uh, playing with a toy, I don't know, superhero, I'd be like, hey, I see you like Superman, you know, or Spider-Man. No, I wouldn't. I would probably not in this situation. I'd probably just sit quietly and just be like stew about it, you know, which is exactly what I did. Um, and I was, I was trying to make some sort of leap, like, well, what if this was not AEC, you know? That beach story, by the way, I remember you saying that. It's on a podcast episode in the past. I remember us talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, well, I shouldn't say for sure. I'm. We could have talked about it and it wasn't recorded, but I've I'm pretty confident that that was a story where we, we talked about. So maybe this isn't the first time we're talking about the, the this 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 scenario where you have some knowledge and you want to help um, or you want to just like, like I said, congratulate somebody like the people on the beach. They brought it. You know, they brought it to the play. They brought it to the beach. It's with them. That's the win. That's a win over what a lot of other people uh, do, you know, might not know to do. Right. And they, they were doing it. So uh, I just, um, I don't know. I wonder about our listeners. Again, go over to our Facebook page. What is it? It's facebook.com slash talking with tech. Um, and leave us a comment about if you've ever had this experience and what you've done. You know, maybe you've chose a different path and you did go up and say hi or um, you did uh, talk about the AAC and it turned out to be a wonderful thing. You know, uh, we'd love to hear what you've done. Or even if you're like, yeah, I've been in that situation. I did the same thing. I didn't know what to do. So I, I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make us feel better. Make us feel better over on our Facebook group because, you know, we are all kind of sitting in our heads, not sure what to do. Um, one more thing I'll add, Chris, that is somewhat related to this is one of the best, um, I guess, pieces of advice I got really early on from a parent um, was oftentimes, you know, our, our kids with complex communication needs, our kids with disabilities, no one's talking to them, right? And And I feel like, you know, this situation's a little bit different because like we were like, I'll just talk to them because they have AAC. So I feel like that's why we're in our heads about it. But generally speaking, I feel like we have to think about the fact that, you know, most of our kids with disabilities, no one's going up and talking to them because they have this like feeling of like, what do I say? Or I'm not sure it feels, you know, I'm not sure how they'll respond, you know, all these things that I feel like as SLPs, we kind of know that now. Um, we don't, we don't really think about that. Like I would have no problem walking up to someone with a disability and just, you know, communicating normally with them. But I feel like it's something that we can teach our students, um, teach the peers around a student, um, you know, model that behavior and really like talk about that. Um, because I know that early on, like I said, a parent was like, no one talks to him. Like no one ever talks to him and they just stare. <laughs> they just stare and they don't talk. And I feel like that's a really important thing to think about. Um, you know, how can we really support inclusion in the classrooms that we're in and, um, you know, in the community and all of those things uh, are really important to think about. Yeah, you know, so I, I really was thinking about the the setting here, right? Like, it, we're coming into the auditorium. All these other people are coming into the auditorium. We're finding our seats, right? So that's part of it, where if it was in the typical classroom or the typical school day, if I had seen her or talked to her, I have certainly done that, right? Stopped and talked to an AEC user uh, who I don't know. Uh, but in this particular setting, it just felt a little weird or different, you know? Um, and then... 
I really love what you're saying because it would have been so great. I think my daughter would have had no like, oh yeah, that's so and so from class, and I know she's done that with other AEC users. Like they're they're just buddies, they're just friends, and it's not like uh, I don't want it to sound like I was like neglecting her. Do you know what I mean? I was just I was thinking, what's the best way to not make this awkward? <laughs> you know? No, totally. And it kind of reminds me of the India Oaks presentation at ATIA on ableism. Um, I like. That presentation was really powerful for me, and I feel like thinking about ableism, um, and even as we record this podcast, I'm like, are we being ableist right now? Like, you know, maybe we are. And if we are, please call us out on it and send us an email or a message, um, you know, but it it really is, I think, important to kind of have these conversations um, to talk through kind of the discomfort or the awkwardness and like figuring out when it makes sense to do one thing versus the other, because um, it's like one of those things where we're all thinking it, right? Like, I, I know this is a shared experience um, and figuring out how to navigate it. And like you said, what makes it different? Like, so really like replacing AAC with Minecraft, I feel like it was a good thought experiment. Like, would I change the way that I acted based on this information? If the setting was different, like maybe if it was like a more social event where everyone was kind of talking to each other, you wouldn't have any problem walking up. Um, but, you know, when people are kind of filing into an auditorium to watch a play, it just feels like not a super social time. You kind of find your seat and just like maybe talk to the people around you, but that's it. Yeah, exactly. If there was a party afterwards or if there was something like that, I, absolutely, I would go up and I would talk or we just found ourselves in, uh, as shoulder buddies waiting to get into the, the 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 play. I would have no, like, hey, we're kind of just standing in line waiting, you know, hey, I see you have an AAC device there. I, You know, I work on AAC, you know, something like that might have come up more natural. It's just like going out of my way to go and talk to somebody just because I recognized it. It was something that felt off about that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, makes total sense. All right, Rachel, let's talk about the interview today. So this is an interview that you did with somebody, right? Yes. So I interviewed Jeffrey Eben, who is an ER doctor, I believe in Texas. Um, he is amazing. He sent me an email randomly, which I'm sure, Chris, you get a lot of random emails from you know companies and people. And it's like I get tons and tons of emails. Um and he just happened to send me an email saying, I created an eye gaze, uh, web-based eye gaze communication board, um, you know, and I thought, hmm, okay, like, and I clicked on it and I was super impressed. It's completely free and the technology is amazing. It it works on any uh, any tool that has the ability to have the internet, like a web browser. Um, and he is super passionate about assistive technology. Um, like I said, he's a doctor. Um, so he kind of shares his story about how he kind of was led down this assistive technology path and um, super excited to share this with you guys. Again, this is a completely free resource, um, which we're going to share, uh, of course, the link to it in the show notes. And we had a really amazing conversation. So without further ado, let's listen to Rachel's interview with Jeffrey Eben. Hey there. If you love listening to this podcast, we would be so, so grateful for your support to keep it going. By becoming a Patreon member, you can not only help us cover the cost of this podcast, but you can get some really great bonus content as well. We post video tutorials, behind-the-scenes recordings, and bonus segments from our interviews. We would love for you to join us by going to patreon.com slash talkingwithtech. That's patreon.com slash talkingwithtech.
Welcome to Talking with Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined today by Jeffrey Eben. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you. Let's start off by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I work as an emergency room doctor. I'm a, one of the residents in Houston, Texas. Um, but my primary passion, what I love to do is invent and create new technology. And the field that I specialize and focus on is assisted technology for people with really severe disabilities. I, I love that. You're, you're in the right place, Jeffrey, because we have a whole lot of listeners who are interested and passionate about the same thing. Um, the reason that we connected was because you sent me uh, this communication board that uses eye tracking technology through a web browser, which I was, I told you before we started recording, I was like, you know, I get a lot of emails from a lot of people and I just so happened to click on yours and I was like, hmm, what is this? And I'm so happy that I did because the technology that you created is really amazing. And it's also a completely free resource, which is also amazing. Um, so I kind of wanted to just dive in and hear the story of how this was, you know, thought of and brought to fruition, um, you know, and, and also kind of geek out a little bit on the technology side of things. Um, but just how did you even think to, to create something like this? Sure. Um, so I had, it must have been a couple of months ago now, I was working in the trauma ICU. I was in charge of the, the patients who came in with traumas. Mm -hmm. And we had this one guy who had fallen backwards and he broke his neck. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately he had a really bad spinal cord injury. So he was paralyzed from the neck down. And really to top it off, some of the nerves that help you breathe, uh, innervate the diaphragm are in the neck. And so those also got damaged. So Besides for not being able to move anything from the neck down, he also couldn't talk. He was on a breathing machine and communicating with him was really difficult. Um, so I had bought, uh, I had bought like this communication board and, you know, put it in his room and I was trying to encourage everyone to use it. But it, I'm sure, you, you know, you're quite familiar with communication boards. You need a little bit of education, how to use them totally. and a little bit of time, um, which I found that unfortunately some of the nurses weren't super excited about. So it was it was a tough situation you know here's a guy who's really sick and he's you know just getting frustrated he can't say the simplest things he can't say that he's in pain or you know he 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 wants to see his wife or go home or anything so the idea occurred to me that there's a better way of doing it um there's a better way of communicating and and that's what really sparked the idea of creating this eye tracking communication board so let's, for our listeners who are like, what's an eye tracking communication board? Let's kind of break down what that looks like. Um, you know, it's, so it's, first of all, it's used through a web browser, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's completely free. It's online. Anyone can use this. It works with Google Chrome. It works with iPhones. Um, and the, the way that this works is if you go to the website, it's called communicationboard.io. You'll see there are two sides of the page with icons and all you do is keep your head straight and turn your eyes. You turn them all the way to the left or all the way to the right. Important to look off screen. So not just a little to the left. You turn your eyes all the way left or all the way right. And you'll see you're very easily able to select icons that way. And um, you can communicate pretty easily uh, and pretty quickly. And as you're kind of making, so I feel like it, it splits it down the middle, right? So we're looking at a communication board that has, I forget what the grid size was. What, how many, how many icons were available on the screen? Um, let me do, 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 do around 32. Okay. So, so what, probably eight by four or something like that. Some, mm -hmm. some type of variation. Um, okay. So 32 icons on the screen. So it splits it down the middle. 
And then you're looking, you're kind of splitting it down the middle. You look left, you look right, depending on what side of the board it is. And then it is a dynamic display in the sense that every time you make a selection, then it, it narrows your window down for what you're trying to say, correct? Absolutely. And it's really, it's one of these things that you try it out for two, you know, one or two minutes and yeah. that's it. You got it. Um, and then easy. you show your friends and they get it too. Um, yeah. I, I will say it's super intuitive. So I was like, what is this? And I was like, Ooh, cool. Um, you did a good job of kind of just like making it super user-friendly and it does feel very simple to use. Um, and we love that it's free. I mean, nothing in this world feels like it's free these days. Um, so that's really amazing. Um, is uh, what kinds of vocabulary, um, are on the board? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, this was because I had mentioned I created it for someone in the intensive care unit. Originally, it was created with things you would need to say in the intensive care unit, you know, things mm -hmm. like I'm in pain or I, I need some suctioning or, um, you know, call, call my wife, things like that. Um, we are working now. I created it with my friend, Dr. Delora. Uh, he, he deserves a ton of credit here. He was a mm -hmm. huge, huge instrumental to making this. Um, and so we're working on a newer version that lets you change the icons and has tons of other features too. But right now it's kind of intensive care unit focus. People who are really disabled need to communicate some very basic things. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I, I think that's really important because, you know, we, it's hard in an acute care setting to have the supports that one would need to be able to learn how to communicate in an alternative way. Right. So, you know, yeah. typically we see once, patients transition to a rehab or outpatient facility. It's like, that's when they're getting, you know, more therapeutic intervention in the acute care. It's typically diagnostics and, you know, speech language pathologists, for example, they don't have the time to actually go in and create these kind of alternative or augmentative communication systems for patients. Um, so I love that this is pretty intuitive and it's something you can just start using immediately. Yeah. And what, you know, one of the interesting things about this is we had created it for spinal cord injuries, but when I released it, suddenly people, you know, other uses that hadn't occurred to me, people with ALS are using it every day now, people with locked-in syndrome, tons of other disorders all over the world. Um, you know, bloggers in Japan are writing about it and people in Brazil are reaching out. And so um, it was pretty warmly accepted. Um, I'd mentioned it's a web browser. Um, the reason for that was so that it can be accessed by anyone. Um, you don't need to download an app. You don't need to pay anything. Just open your website right now. You can do it on your phone and you're good to go. I love that it's also mobile based too, which is super exciting yeah. because again, like we don't always necessarily have computers or laptops, um, but everyone seems to have either a tablet or a phone. Um, so it sounds like any type of anywhere you have a web browser and then I'm sure a camera, right? There has to be a camera involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, how the technology works. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, it seems super accessible to people and easy to just, again, dive in and get started, which um, you also mentioned kind of in the beginning, like communication bar boards take some time and training and like you have to teach people how to use them. And especially with someone who doesn't have a lot of volitional control or movement, like how does one indicate, like, are we tracking like where they're looking? And, you know, and then we have to have 
pretty large, you know, icons. And so it gets mm-hmm. really complicated really quickly. Um, and it takes a lot of communication partner training, which is funny because this podcast, we talk a lot about communication partner training because we talk a lot about AAC and, you know, how can we get everybody on board and teach everyone? And it's like a whole thing that we have a whole podcast dedicated to it. <laughs> um, so it just feels like it takes some of that legwork out, um, which again is super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're really glad I was able to release it and that, um, you know, start to finish this whole project took Dr. Delora and I around six weeks or so. And um, we're still in the background working on on a newer version that we hope people will will really like. And you had mentioned that you're working on being able to customize some of the vocabulary. Is that true? Yeah. So some of the original feedback that we got um, was stuff we also didn't anticipate. You know, for example, there's this girl in London who's got a form of locked-in syndrome, and her complaint or her feedback was that the voice, so when you select an icon, let me actually get into this first. Um, There are different layers of technology going on here. So you Mm -hmm. can select icons with your eyes. That's the first layer. Mm -hmm. The second layer is icons communicate with each other. So if you select the sound icon with your eyes, it will turn the sound on for the rest of the icons. Um, and that sound is a male voice. So something we didn't anticipate is this, you know, female in, in London, she doesn't want to use a male voice. So that's her feedback. Let's get a female voice. And so, you know, that's something we're adding. The people in Japan wanted the text on the icons, of course, in, in Japanese. So uh, we're going to use some AI algorithms. So it auto translates, things like that. So um, and then the biggest feedback uh, is being able to customize your icons. So that's something we've already figured out how to do a while back. And uh, we're excited to release that, too. I'm super excited to kind of follow your, you guys along on this journey. And again, it's super appreciative that this is a free resource and think about the impact it can have on so many people who are in the hospital and not able to communicate. Um, we actually on this podcast, this was years ago at this point, we had a woman who had Guillain-Barre. Uh, she was actually a speech language pathologist who had Guillain-Barre, was completely paralyzed for months. And she talks about how like that experience of like not being able to communicate and losing her ability yeah. to communicate, especially as a, you know, a speech language pathologist who that's what we specialize in. Right. Um, just hearing her story. Um, and there's so many people who are in the exact same situation. Um, so I, I applaud you guys for creating this and being so uh, generous to share it um, so freely and openly um, because, you know, imagine the impact it can have on so many patients out there. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, so the ethos behind me getting into assistive technology is really two things. Um, the first would be how far behind the field of assistive technology is. A lot of the things that we're using today is 15, 20 years old. It's the same stuff they were using, you know, in, in the 1990s. Um, and then the second is how expensive it is. You want to buy a joystick, it'll cost you a thousand dollars, or someone like me could put it together for seven or eight dollars. So. Uh, those are the two things. And so we wanted to release it for free. Uh, we feel that this is something people should be able to access. Yeah, I love that. And <laughs> I feel like, you know, uh, again, like thinking about the impact this has on just an acute care setting, it feels really powerful because it's it's immediate access to communication, which I feel like just doesn't happen with this population. Um, you know, typically they have to wait until they get to a rehab facility and that's when they're like, okay, my SLP is going to help me trial different technologies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like, sure, like, you know, down the line, can we 
can we do an assessment to help find a better AAC system for, you know, a patient? Absolutely. Um, but it's just so great that we have access to immediate communication for immediate needs, um, especially, yeah. especially medical needs um, in that type of a setting is just really cool. Thanks. And, and to add on that, I think one of the, for me, one of the, the most interesting or the coolest parts about this technology um, is kind of that third layer. I, I didn't even mention this yet, but I mentioned you can control things with your eyes, apps mm -hmm. communicate with one another. The third and, and the coolest layer here for me is the apps, the, the icons can control real things. So if you select the nurse icon, um, I built receivers that will connect on any computer and will plug into your hospital wall and actually call your nurse. And so our patient was calling the nurse and you can plug it into your hospital bed. You can raise your hospital bed, control the TV. Um, you can turn the lights in your room on or off. So the icons control real things and, and it's, it's very easy to actually do that. Wow. So that's amazing. I am super interested. So is it just like a, a switch activated? Like how does it work? How does when the actual you, technology yeah. work? On the website, there's a settings tab that has Bluetooth networks. And so you just mm. open up the Bluetooth network and you connect it with one of these devices. They're, they're really cheap to make. They're probably $15. I got to release an open source how to do it. Yeah, um, totally. Put a then, YouTube video up. <laughs> yeah, you connect it and, and then, you know, you're good to go. You can control real things. And so, and, and every time you're actually making a selection, every time you look right or left, that also sends a signal, Bluetooth signal. So I had a guy who had ALS a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we needed a solution for him. And so that was what he uses the communication board, but not to actually select icons, but every time he's using his eyes, um, it's controlling things on his computer and in kind of an adapted way there. Wow, that's amazing. Um, super mm -hmm. cool that this is all being done kind of through a web browser too. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I love this. I love all the potential that I'm hearing here. And yeah, you guys are doing awesome things over there with like all of the adapted tools and technology and integrations. That's, that's awesome. And really like Thanks. your patients are so lucky. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really excited to be able to do this stuff. Um, Dr. Delore is the brains behind a lot of the programming. I'd say most of the programming. Um, so he, he gets a ton of recognition here. Um, and then I guess a final point I forgot to mention is it doesn't really need to be looking right or left. Uh, we can create, and, and we plan on doing this in the app, you can make any gesture to control mm. icons. So if you wanted to select something, instead of turning your eyes to the left, you can turn your tongue to the left. You can tilt your head to the left or shrug a shoulder. Um, your camera on your computer and your phone can, can detect a ton of stuff and we can leverage that to help people communicate. I love that because eye tracking tends to be pretty fatiguing. Um, using our eyes in ways like looking far left, looking far right, like isn't necessarily optimal depending on the patient and the condition. Um, so I love the idea of, you know, any type of other gesture that you can program to activate um, depending on, you know, a patient's volitional control. Um, sounds, sounds perfect. Sounds awesome. I can't wait for these updates. When can we expect these updates, Jeffrey? Um, I would say in the next couple of months. Uh, I've got Amazing. a ton of projects that are, that are slowing me down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's, we're making a lot of progress here. So tell me what else you're working on. I'm so intrigued by all of your, your tech sure. know-how and your passion. You know, kind of the latest projects, there's two big projects I'm working on now. One is I had a nonprofit reach out to me called Bridging Voice. They deal with ALS and they connected me with what they described as their most difficult patient, someone who is completely, so to speak, 
locked in, can't communicate, can't move a muscle. Mm-hmm. He used Toby eye tracking software, but his eyes, like you mentioned, it's fatiguing. He can't mm-hmm. even use that anymore. Um, so he's someone I've been working with on and off for the past couple of weeks, and I was able to design him um, a headset. I have kind of a, a different version over here I can show you on the webcam. Um, Perfect. And wow. it has this little sensor over here, and this is a cheek sensor. So every time he does the slightest twitch, you, you can't even see it with your eyes. Anytime he tries to move his cheek a little, that sends a signal, and he can control his computer. And um, it was really cool. The first time, like, I put it on him, and it was the first time in two years he could say hello to his wife. That was, like, a week ago. Um, so that was a super exciting moment. The technology costs around $8 to create. Um, so it's an added benefit. Okay. Um, so for our listeners who couldn't see our video, you were wearing glasses mm-hmm, that had yeah. a cheek sensor off, like, the, I guess, the rim of the glass, Correct. Yeah, just it's similar to Stephen Hawking's technology, a lot mm-hmm. cheaper, a lot easier to make. Um, this glass is also has what's called an accelerometer, so it actually knows its position in space. Oh, so yeah. it works as a computer mouse, or you could play Xbox with this. When you move your head forward, it's the same as moving a joystick forward. Mm. Um, and this one actually has two, two sensors. So you can right-click by moving your right cheek, left-click by moving your left cheek. So very easy to use. Wow. So it's, I guess it would be considered a proximity switch. So like the, the movement yeah. or is it actually touching the cheek? This is close to the cheek. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually three different ways I went about doing this. One is uh, kind of proximity, like a distance sensor that mm-hmm. actually worked fairly well. Um, a touch sensor, but the trouble with touch sensors is you need to actually touch it. Yeah. Um, and then this one, which uses a reflectance sensor. So it doesn't need to touch a cheek. It could be, you know, a little bit far away and it works fantastically. Amazing. I'm so excited that we, we were able to meet and talk, Jeffrey. Um, we're, for people who are interested in learning more about you or like, oh my God, I love this guy. I have like a project for him. Where can people reach you? Reach out on my website. Um, there's a contact page over there. I'm happy to work with people, particularly, like I mentioned, I, I, I like helping people who don't have access to technology, who have maybe a very specialized situation going on that needs a very, you know, a customized solution. Um, I'm your guy. I love doing this stuff. I don't charge for it. I, I, I'm happy to do it. Um, well, so feel free to reach out. The, and what was your website? Uh, sorry, ebcore.io. So www.ebcore.io. So it's E-B-C-O-R-E. Perfect. We will definitely link to that in the show notes. The world is a better place because of your generosity, Jeffrey. Thank you for all the work that you've done in the space. And I'm so excited to share this with all of our listeners and um, super excited to see what you come up with next. So definitely stay in touch. Thanks so much. Um, if we have a minute, can I tell you about one more project I'm working on? Of course, on? please tell okay. us. Okay, this one's super cool. This one's super cool. So after creating this eye tracking communication board, it occurred to me that it's not very difficult to use any computer camera or any phone camera with facial or gesture technology to control outputs. I was describing you can use the communication board to control a light, turn your lights on. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea occurred to me to use this, and what I'm working on now, to use this to play video games, where you can use any computer camera and just, you know, squint your eye, stick your tongue out, shrug your shoulder, move your head forward, no buttons at all. completely control Xbox and play video games using this kind of free software, which I'm working on now. Uh, so that's another thing to look out for. Pretty excited about it. 
Yeah, you know who's going to be really excited about that is my co-host, Chris. Um, he's a gamer. He's all about, you know, accessibility. And so I can't wait to share that with him. And of course, all of our listeners are going to love that. And we do a lot of work with pediatrics. So we focus on pediatrics, yeah. uh, AAC, typically on the podcast, although we definitely talk about adults too. Um, and kids like video games. Adults like video games. We all like games. So let's make them more accessible. Yeah, so that's the plan. I think the future of, of assistive technology is certainly, maybe not in the next couple of years, but 10, 20 years, is, is going to be contactless. It's no more buttons, no more joysticks. It's uh, a camera can pick up everything. I know. It's crazy to see how the technology has evolved, even the last like couple of years, you know, with what our, uh, our iPhones and tablets and all these things can do as far as tracking our movements and gestures and eye tracking and all those things. It's like super cool. Um, and it's, it's giving all of those assistive technology companies that are charging a bajillion dollars a run for their money because now, you know, we know the technology isn't that expensive to create. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Jeffrey, thank you for coming on and sharing all of your ideas. Super excited to share your communication board. Um, and please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any other projects that, that launch. We'd love to have you back on the podcast, talk about them, and of course, share all the amazing work that you're doing. All right. Thank you for having me. Of course. So for Talking With Tech, I'm Rachel Madel, joined by Jeffrey Eben. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.